You're listening to Life with the Lambs podcast with your hosts, Jonathan and Candace Lamb. This episode was recorded live on Facebook, so you may hear references to our viewers and other Facebook social media lingo. In this episode, Jonathan and Candace Lamb discuss moving on after toxic or traumatic relationships. We all have a past, and if we've ever experienced a bad relationship, once we're done, we'd rather leave that person in our past. But today's topic explores how toxicity and trauma can follow us into our new experiences and begin to influence our decision-making, even when that bad relationship is long gone. Stay tuned for the episode already in progress. Who's pulling your strings? Have you ever found yourself in a new season of your life? Maybe you're in a new place physically or surrounded by new people, but you can't shake the feeling that there's something uh, there's something familiar about your situation. It feels kind of like the same. Well, this is the show for you. It's going to be a great discussion. So come on in and hit share. That's right. Hey guys, I'm Candice. And I'm Jonathan. And this is and Life, this is with, Life the with the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> a weekly show where we tackle topics of all kinds with the goal of creating conversation community, and a safe space where we can all get better together. Question of the day, have you ever been guilty of bringing your old baggage into your new season of life? I know that I am not the only person who scrolls through my Pinterest or scrolls through my Instagram and everybody has all of these uh, motivational things that's like you can't take the, you can't take your old stuff into your new, and it's like this, like, yeah, duh, everybody knows that, but how many of us have really been guilty of that? I think, <laughs> I think oh, I all of us. So listen, I'm interested. Jonathan, you raised your hand. <laughs> Why don't you? What up? I was saying was I know somebody oh, that no. has done that. And no, yeah, I've I've done it. And um, it's so interesting. Well, let me say this. The, the way that we came about this uh, discussion tonight and the question of the day, uh, we just celebrated seven years of wonderful marriage. And um, I've been married to this wonderful gift of God. Um, I love you. I appreciate you. You have been the best gift besides Jesus uh, and the Holy Ghost that I have ever received. Hallelujah. (laughs) um, And so we, you know, we've been on this journey for a while Um, together. We've been walking together. And um, and so as we were celebrating those things, um, we were at dinner. We just started just kind of reflecting on our relationship, reflecting on our own personal journeys, and then our journey together. And uh, we began to talk about some things uh, because sometimes it's us bringing our own baggage, um, but sometimes we picked up baggage from the places we've been and from the people that we've been in relationship with. And so we began to talk about um, some things, you know, like even when we first got married, uh, there was the things that we were doing as a married couple really was like things that we thought we had to do because that's what our parents did or that's what, you know, all of those things, that's how we lived. And so we brought that in and we're like, why are we doing this? 
You know, why are we why are we shopping this way or why are we um, decorating the house this way or what have you? And we have to begin to look and reflect and say, what is it that we want? What is the dream that that we have that we need to create? And we had to let go of things that were familiar to us um, and begin to decide. We had to make a conscious decision to decide that we were going to build something new and fresh and whatnot. And so as we were talking um, at the restaurant or what have you, we begin to have this conversation. And, um, and even as we were preparing, uh, the, uh, Candace asked me like, what are some of those things? And I remember there was a time where um, I was in Kansas City and we were doing ministry. And I mean, like ministry was exploding guys. Like we were doing this thing called Club Rain um, in Kansas City. We actually launched it there. It was like this worship party, citywide worship party. And um, we had like 300 young people every month and it was growing and we had favor with the government. We had favor with leaders and churches and we were gaining momentum. And, uh, and we didn't have a whole lot of money or resources, but like God was just moving on our behalf. And so um, we got to a place where people began to see what we were doing. And, and as I look back now, I can properly assess what was going on. But we had leaders that were like, hey, listen, we're going to help you and we're going to do this. But like there were strings attached and there was promises made and, and all this kind of stuff that did not come through. And so when we, when we did that and things began to fall through because it was for us, it was kind of the wrong moves that we made and like criticism happened and all this kind of stuff. And, and then people began to say things in the city, like it was just nuts. And I was not prepared for that. I was, I always thought like, man, you're doing God's will, all this kind of, everything's just going to be a tiptoe through the tulips. Um, people ain't gonna, you know, if they have criticism, it's going to be objective criticism. It's not like, I didn't understand haters. I didn't understand people being jealous. I didn't understand all of those, all of these crazy things. I was very naive back then, but I began to, um, decide in my mind, I made a vow that said, I'm not going through this no more. Right. So I'm, I'm trying, I'm going to try to avoid any kind of conflict. I'm going to avoid um, criticism or what have you. And so uh, instead of being having the threat of criticism, I'll just do everything myself. I'll just, I'll pay for it myself. I won't ask anybody for any help, any money, any resources, any of those things. And as you know, or hopefully you know, um, there's nothing that you can do um, significant for God that you're going to be able to do by yourself. You absolutely need people. You absolutely need folks to lock arms with you because God gives you the vision, but he only gives it to you in part. And so you have to be able to work with people. You have to be able to work with different personalities. You have to work with uh, folks that are not always going to agree with you. And so, and that, that's a good thing. I didn't realize how um, how precious conflict is because it can help you break out of what you know and take you to the next level. And, and people can sharpen, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. And so I went through a season of just 
not not being able to do anything significant because I was afraid of criticism. I was afraid of failing. I was afraid of all of these things. So we did things, but it was not to the magnitude that we used to do it, nor to the magnitude that I saw it on the inside because I was carrying the baggage of fear. I was carrying the baggage of, um, I wanna keep this good name and I don't wanna push up against the edges of this box that I box myself in. And so um, as I look back over that, um, part of that was even from my childhood. And, and like, I did not, as a kid, I did not know how to deal with conflict. And so I would just do things. I became a people pleaser at that time. And so I would do things like you couldn't bring bad, bad grades home, um, to the house. You know what I mean? Like if your report card wasn't right, like we're going to have a discussion and it's going to be a very heated discussion and all those things. So I learned how to pass tests. I didn't necessarily learn the, the material all the way. I just learned what are the answers that you need on this paper so I can bring an A home or a B home, right? And so you begin to, you begin to maneuver based on those things and you realize that you, you are short-circuiting your own growth. You're short-circuiting uh, your own potential because you're living a very guarded life Right. Um, instead of living a full life that um, where you're vulnerable and and you need to be vulnerable in order to grow. So true. So if you're just joining us, we are answering the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you ever been guilty of bringing your old baggage into your new season of life? Um, I saw one of our, our viewers, Camila, she said, she did, but she didn't know that she was in a new season of life. Right. And I thought that that was such a good point that she brought up because I think that I feel very similar. Um, I think that when I started making uh, decisions, a lot, of, a lot of the alterations that I made had to do with people and not necessarily seasons of my life. And so when... Um, even though I was in a new place with new people, uh, because my hangup was with people, um, even though I was in a different place, I was still expecting the same kind of responses from people because, um, you know, I wasn't paying attention to the season. So I think that that's a really thing, a, a really great thing that she highlights here, because even when we're talking about, oh, I want to go to an another level, I want to go to whatever, how do we even know when we get there? Like, how do we even know? Right. Uh, how do, how are we able to take inventory? Um, and I, you know, I was, I was having some of, you know, some of the, these conversations with myself even recently. And, and I started having to take inventory. Okay, so what is different about my life now that um, was, you know, that, that sometimes emotionally we can stay here like you know what i mean the same here 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 here. when the seasons of our life are changing summer winter spring fall like all of these changes are happening in our life but emotionally it's almost like we have programmed ourselves that anytime we 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 have this happen we just do this like it's almost like we're not even having original thoughts we're just kind of acting on autopilot all the time right and so when we have a 
when we have a situation where we get hurt or we get disappointed or we get angry or, um, you know what I mean? We, we run into that conflict and we don't like how it turns out and all of these things. Um, um, <laughs> what happens is we program ourselves um, we program ourselves to handle those situations differently and so then when, when we come into a situation that feels similar even when it doesn't play out the same we have the same response absolutely it's so interesting that you said you were talking about seasons in the natural where you have summer you have fall you have winter you have spring and the thing is, is that in each of those seasons, you have to be clothed with something different in order to survive it, in order not to get sick, in order to whatever, you know? And so a lot of times, um, like you were saying, we keep, if we don't understand the season that we're in, we will keep on the thing that kept us alive in winter, but is gonna give us a heat stroke in summer. Right. And so so there's times where like it was the anger that got you out of that toxic situation. It was your frustration that says, I'm done with this. I'm sick and tired. You hit rock bottom. But now you've gotten out and you survived and you've gotten distance from those people or from that environment or from from even that um, socioeconomic status, like all of those things. But in your mind, if you haven't shifted to know, I'm in a different place now. Like I had to fight in my last season. I had to fight to survive. I had to be angry just to get up uh, in the morning to go to work. Like whatever it took for that drove you to get to the next place and you had to fight to get there. Now God takes you into another season. And sometimes it's a season of rest, but while we're supposed to be resting, we're still fighting. Right. And so we have to begin to assess that season or that we're saying seasons or that environment or that situation, because the other thing that we found out is that many times in past seasons, we've been in a, a toxic environment and we have um, adapted to that environment to survive. Right. And we think that, man, if I do these things, but sometimes you're making adjustments to an unhealthy situation and making adjustments to an unhealthy situation so that the fighting is minimized doesn't make it a healthy situation. Right. And then you take that program into right. a healthy situation and you're just kind of operating off of that program. Absolutely. And so even with the, the title of this discussion, who's pulling your strings? Because we realize that, man, there's sometimes that we've had disagreements and even arguments or different things. And we realize that we're really not arguing with each other. We're arguing with uh, the people from our past seasons. Yeah. <laughs> we're arguing with our old self. We're yeah. arguing with things that were toxic before that we have not washed off. And right. so while the people may be in another country, the people may be thousands of miles away. Sometimes the people may have uh, passed away. Sometimes like there is no longer a factor, but they're still behind us pulling strings and we don't understand why we have this tension in our lives. And, and so this, this conversation that we're having is not to give right and wrongs, but right. it is to help us to say, man, are there some things that I might need to look at? 
How come I can't keep good friendships? How come I'm afraid as soon as people get close to me? Um, I remember when we, when we first got married and there would be folks that wanted to be close uh, to us. And it was like, as soon as they got close, it was like, nope, I got to go. You know it what wasn't I mean? Jonathan, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because Candace came out of a season where her trust was broken. And folks that said, I'm your friend, in that season, everyone that was saying I'm a friend was also the one that was causing pain, right? And so when you come out of that and people are like, well, I want to be your friend. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Nope, <laughs> that ain't happening, right? And so, so you no, have no, to no. be able to debrief from those things. Yeah. No, I was. I'm just affirming that. Uh, you know, you you begin to you start thinking that the best way for you to handle these situations is for you to create space in your relationships, not realizing that it was the the people who were you know it was a bad mix in terms of the relationship, and you just start thinking that because this was like this, then, um, you know, the proper way to behave in a relationship mm -hmm. is to have distance, is to never be close with anybody. Right. And that's not necessarily true. It's just that I shouldn't have been close with those people. Right. And, and so we, we, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, we've all, I think the majority of us have given our trust to people that have not proven themselves trustworthy. And sometimes they may have a title, they may they may be something in the community. They may be, uh, they may present themselves well, but the reality is all we know is what they're presenting to us, right? And you find out, you're like, oh man, maybe I can trust them. And we want to be in a healthy relationship with trust. We want to have trust with each other, but sometimes we give it away way too quick. And then when they break that trust, we now are guarded. And so then when trustworthy people do come into our lives, it's like we give them the cat and nine tails. We're like, I know you've been, I know, I know you've been kind. I know you've been nice. I know, but I, 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 I know that as soon as I trust you, you're going to turn into uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know what I mean? Like all of those things. And really it's not them, it's us. And really it's not, it's not just us, but it's the us that has come through toxicity. Right, right. And there is, and, and I will say this, there is, a, there is a space, there's a part of us, I think, as human beings who we really just desire to make a decision about a thing and then keep that decision for the rest of our lives. Like yeah. we just want to kind of have some things where we can check the boxes and say, okay, well, I learned this about friendship. So I'm never going to do this again. Check. Um, I learned this about relationships. So I'm never going to do that again. Check, you know, but the fact of the matter is we are, we like, um, man, I'm telling you it's a hotline tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we like, um, like an air an airplane that takes off that's that's flying somewhere is constantly rerouting it's constantly making adjustments to get to its destination it's taking into account the wind it's taking into account the weather it's taking into account all of these things so we cannot approach our life like we're going to make these decisions and be like once and done because that is it's just not realistic it's not realistic and some of us we're so young and we're making these inner vows inside of ourselves mm -hmm. and basically it is restricting 
like with every decision, we are restricting our exposure. We're restricting our expression. We're, we're restricting our ability to have free thought. We're restricting our ability to communicate well, because we're like, well, um, every time I say something to so-and-so, they get mad, so I'm just not gonna say anything. Right. Well, that's not healthy. That's not a mature way to look at things. Um, every time I step out, uh, somebody in my faith community always blocks me. Well, that's not, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you not stepping out is not the, the answer. You right. know what I mean? There are some questions that have to be asked. There are some assessments that have to be made. And sometimes, like you said, I just don't want to push up against the boundaries of these right. things. I just don't want to live life uh, outside of the line. So let me just stay inside the lines because that's where it's safe. That's where there's least amount of conflict. And I don't really understand why conflict is such a big deal for us. Like seriously, it's almost like conflict is a four letter word. I mean, am I right? If you guys, you know, <laughs> maybe it's just us, but if it's not us, like throw some, some likes or some hearts or whatever you're feeling and let us know, like, is conflict a big deal for you too? Yeah, I think, I think sometimes conflict becomes a four letter word because there were four letter words used in the conflict. No, let me stop. But, <laughs> but like we, we have not, we have not done conflict well. And sometimes we are, we're so busy trying to be peaceful. We're so busy that we're trying not to have conflict that it gets to a boiling point. And once conflict happens, it's, it's a fight. It's a, you know, we're saying things that, that are hurtful. We're saying things that are cutting us deep to the core. We're saying things in a way that we're not even hearing each other. We're just yelling. And so it becomes this thing. But really, if we begin to have these conversations and say, listen, we're trying to grow. We're trying to sharpen. We're trying to communicate. We're trying to, um, we're trying to be civil. We're trying to to be what God has called us to be, then we'll begin to have these conversations early so that it does not become dangerous. Some people, conflict to them is, is throwing things and fighting and ending up in a hospital and calling 911 and all of that kind of stuff. So like, I'm not even here trying to, to act like folks have not gone through stuff because I know people have. Yeah. I know people have been in dangerous situations. I know people have been in very hurtful and damaging situations. And so I'm not saying that only you can look back and assess and say, listen, maybe I could have done something differently. Maybe I could have responded differently. Maybe I should have walked away. Maybe right. I shouldn't have been in that situation or what have you, but you have to begin to debrief and unpack this baggage so that these strings don't continue to have power over you, especially when God is bringing you into your promised land. It's you nothing worse. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, you know, something really quick about conflict is this too. I think that sometimes we fear conflict because we really wait too late to deal with things. Like sometimes we don't even want to deal with it until we get to a point where it's critical mass and no good can come from the conversation. Because <laughs> the only thing I have on the tip of my tongue is where you can go and how you can get there. And so that's not very helpful. You know what I mean? And so being able to be aware of what's going on 
what you what you want, what you like, what you don't like, and being able to have mature conversations, upfront conversations mm-hmm. early on, right? To where you're setting the proper expectations with each other, and then we're not having to deal with everything at critical mass and every um, you know um, opposing conversation doesn't have to end in a broken relationship. Absolutely. I want to ask this question as well. Like, have any of you, um, if you're honest, like you've been taught things or you caught things from your family or growing up in whatever environment you grew up in, whether it was faith-based, whether it was the hood, whether it was your neighborhood, whatever, that uh, you learned how to do relationships, you learn how to do things, and you look back on it now and you're like, some of this stuff is not helpful. Some of this stuff like uh, hasn't been good. It hasn't served me well. And it's all I knew. But now that I look back, like I realize that there's some adjustments that I need to make. If, if that's you, hit the, hit the, um, the wow button for me. Um, I'm hitting it myself because- I'm hitting it myself. <laughs> heck yeah. so, because there's some things that, like sometimes you, you may have grown up in a house that said, listen, what happens in this house stays in this house. But there was some things happening in the house that someone else needed to know about, right? There's some folks that are trapped in a house. We, we're talking about trap music, but like there's trap houses where folks are trapped and um, they're, they're stuck and they don't know how to get out because somewhere along the, the line, they said, you better not tell you know, snitches get stitches, like all of these things. And so they are they are under somebody else's philosophy, but that philosophy is not serving them. It's serving the one that's either pimping them or controlling them or having dominion over them, right? And yeah. so there's, there are things that we have to begin to look back over our lives and say, listen, I appreciate my, my family. I appreciate my friends. But some of these things, like you have to consider the source. Like if you're trying to live a different life, if you're trying to live on another level, you can't always embrace the mindset and the tactics and the actions and the philosophy of folks that are living on either the same level as you right now or a level that is beneath you right now. And I know that that's a hard thing to to realize and to say or what have you, but it's the truth. Like if you want greater, you can't keep living lower. It's true. You know, you have to begin to look back and there's, there's relationships that, that we've had that, that have gone awry. It doesn't mean that the person was the devil. It doesn't mean that they were horrible, but sometimes what you want out of life and what they want out of life, it just is not working. They're great, they're wonderful, but they're just not for you. And you have to be able to say, listen, there's some folks that you think, man, we should be able to work together and we should be able to handle this. But like your work ethics are different. You're wanting more and they're like, oh, it's uh, anything will do. And you're like, I can't rock with you right now. I love you. I appreciate you, but where I'm going or where I'm trying to go, like I need some other information. I need to live on another, like my discipline's got to level up. My, like all of these different things. And so again, this is really about assessing, assessing where you are, looking back and unpacking the baggage that you don't need to carry anymore. Right. You know, this summer, you don't need them thermals no more. 
Right. And really taking inventory of your relationships. Like, are, are you experiencing the kind of relationships that you want to experience right now? Like, are you, do you have the kinds of friendships that you desire to have? Or are you just living with what you have? Um, I'm a, like, I feel like that's one of the, that is a piece of baggage that I brought from, from my childhood. And that is just kind of feeling like I, I just have to deal with whatever I have. Like, you know what I mean? People say, well, these are the cards you're dealt or this is whatever, whatever. And so, you know, if you're going to dream, if you're going to aspire, you have to aspire within what you have and what you can do. You can't really dream outside of that. And so that is a broken perspective that I fight every day to climb out of that because it's limiting, it's boxing. And so there's sometimes when you have relationships, they're not terrible, but they're not awesome. And mm-hmm. you want awesome relationships. And so, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, how do I, how do I get that? What can I do? How, how can I change so that I can get the relationships that I want to have? I know for me, I, like Jonathan said, I was very reserved. I was very closed off. I, I was, um, I always handled people at arm's length, not because they were bad people, but because I had experienced bad people in my past. And um, I just didn't have the energy to see if you were good or bad at the time. And I think that's even important to note too, depending on the time between when you were hurt or when you were disappointed or whatever the situation was, sometimes we need that time to deal with those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like now that a a good amount of time has passed, I handle my relationships a lot healthier, but early on, I just didn't have the energy. I did not have the energy. And I I was going to, two things I wanted to say with that. I think that's so good because we know, someone said it this way. We judge ourselves based on, based on our intentions and we judge everybody else based on their actions, right? And so, so even if we hurt someone or whatever, like we're like, well, that wasn't my intent or what have you. But if someone hurts us, we're like, oh, you're malicious, you're this, you're that. Um, but sometimes it's just it's seasonal. I know we keep using seasons, but like sometimes, like think about it in your own life. There, there have been times in your life where, like, or even this past month, like. There's been days where you just had a bad day. There's been times where you've just been tired. It's been times where you just didn't have the grace because of the pressure that you were under uh, to be as, as kind or as compassionate as you normally would be or what have you. Um, and so again, sometimes it's not a good or bad thing. It's not a life is not black and white. It's a journey. And there are times, there's been seasons in my life where I've been, I've just been stellar, right? But then there's been seasons in my life where I'm like, Lord, just cover me because- I know that's the truth. Because I am not acting what I believe. (laughs) I am not, like I am in a bad place because I was hurt or I was in pain or what have you. And like now I am acting out because of the pain that I feel or what have you. But- it wasn't the entire picture of who I was. Now, right. if someone met me at that time, they might be like, man, Jonathan was ratchet. Jonathan was like, I don't know how he was a preacher. I don't know how he was a minister because they caught me in a, in a very narrow space in my journey. And that's why we have to be very careful how we judge people 
So true. And how we how we uh, put labels on people. And that's that's the other reason why you have to assess things, because not to assess like, oh, they were horrible. Or they were this. But to assess like some folks that hurt you, hurt you out of their own hurt. They hurt you out of their own emptiness. And um, but you have to be able to look and say, OK, God, what do I learn from this? How do I act differently? How am I guarded in a healthy way? How can I recognize uh, what's truth and what's authentic and all of those things? And again, it takes time. It takes time. And so sometimes people are horrible in this season, but they will, the Lord will use them in the next season right. or use them five years from now. And so you never want to necessarily burn a bridge, but then there's times that if you don't put up barriers, you will die, Right. And, and you have to, I'm, I'm so serious, guys. Like we, we all know, if you know somebody that is in a very toxic, dangerous situation right now, and you can see it, and, but they don't see it, or you're like, they just need to get out. Just hit that, yeah, hit that love button. Hit that heart button right now. Because I'm telling you, like, there are people that are trapped and so we have to be in a position where we can help folks to get to a place of safety so that they can begin to assess and unpack that baggage so that they can begin to reign in life. It's true. And it's so important that we have a more mature perspective about this stuff, because as believers, we oftentimes become counsel for other people, other people who are in the faith, other people who are not in the faith. People are asking our advice about things. And if we have this immature, if we have this immature perspective that if I catch somebody in a snapshot of their life and I make a judgment call on them for their entire life, right? like people, there's no, there's no redemption. People can't come back from it. People can't be restored, but that's not what we believe. And that's certainly not what you believe if that was you. Absolutely. So, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we gotta, we have got to really think about how we are operating as believers. Like, do we believe that we serve the Redeemer? Right. And if we believe that, then how much grace are we extending for that Redeemer to do his work? Absolutely. I want to give a quick shout out to Rita De Silva. She wrote, conflict can be a teacher. And that is so true. Like it really can help you. It really, I've learned that conflict is really a gift now. Uh, because I sometimes I have in my mind, it's this way. I see it this way. Everyone just needs to see it this way. But when conflict comes, it helps me to see things from a different perspective and teaches me some things, not just that I'm wrong or that I missed it, but that there is a better way to do some things. Um, shout out to Camila um, that says that's, that's how cycles continue on and on and on. Yeah, if we don't deal with it, we just start repeating it. If you remember in the Bible, uh, God brings the children of Egypt, the children of Israel out of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. He brings them uh, on this journey to their promised land. But because their mindset wouldn't change, they refused. One generation refused to go in and they had to go around in cycles for 40 years. If you can imagine walking in a circle for 40 years, making that 
making that rotation year after year after year for 40 years until that mindset, until the, those people died off so that the next generation could possess the land that the, watch this, that the older ones prayed for. The crazy thing is a generation is a lot of people. Yeah. That is a lot of people to be believing the wrong way. Like he didn't say a portion of the generation did get like the whole generation. Right. Except for two people. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, so we have to, in order for us not to, to continue these cycles, at some point you just got to stop and assess and not move. Sometimes we want to like, it's hard to stop because most of us don't want to be alone. Most of us don't want to, like our identity is in companionship. Our identity sometimes is having a crowd and we just need someone and we just or, friend. Or, or our identity is in the doing. Right. Like if you're, if you're a minister or whatever, sometimes we don't want to stop to assess because we can't stop doing because our value is connected to doing the thing. And yeah. if we stop, it's like a downward spiral right down to, for, for multiple reasons, because number one, you're dealing with all of the hurt and the pain face to face. And number two, you have nothing that boosts your ego to keep you going because you're not doing the thing that you feel like gives you value. Absolutely. And sometimes like you have an idea in your mind of what the thing looks like. And so you, like, we have this picture that has somehow gotten outdated but we're still running after the picture that is now obsolete. And it doesn't mean that the principle or the ministry or the call has changed, but the methodology of it has changed. And the way and the people that we are now called to minister to, like their mindsets have changed. So you have to, you really have to be able to shift to be able to stay relevant uh, into what God is calling you to do. And that happened to us. Like, Man, we started doing some things and we thought like, oh, we're cutting edge. We've always been cutting edge. We looked up, we're like, dude, we are doing some things that are so outdated and so whack. Like we were basically doing old stuff with new paint. And it's like, and the Lord, like I was so hurt when we had to get off of our autopilot. And I was just like, I don't know what we're doing. Like, I don't know this. I don't know that. And, and it was, I almost went into a depression if I'm honest. Um, but then I looked at it, like after I, I submitted to it and I began to see some other things, like, I was like, this is the greatest gift that I could have ever gotten because now I can begin to minister much further and much longer because now I'm willing to change. And not only do I have new wine, but I have new wine skins, right. To, to be churchy, right. There's, there's a new mindset that, can grow with this generation that can grow to where, where we need to go. And if you stay rigid at some point, the season will overtake you. The elements of that, if you're not willing to change, it will break you because things are changing. Life is changing. Life is about journey and change. And if you resist it at some point, if you're not flexible, you will break. Or you will live so small that it doesn't even matter. Absolutely. Like we are so afraid to be wrong. So we, we don't want to change. It's not that we hate change as much as we hate to be wrong. Right. Like we, like there's this 
fear that grips us. Like, I just want to do the right thing. I just want to say the right thing. I just want to be in the right spot at the exact right time with the exact right person. And it's like, that is how in the world can you live your life right all the time when you've never been here before? Right. Like you've never seen this day before. You've never lived this year before. <laughs> you don't know these people. Like, how can we be right all the time when we have never been here? And then, and then the arrogance that we want to live life on autopilot as if we've, we've ran this route before. Like how in the world? And in the church world, right. And in the church world, what's so crazy is if you come from our traditions, we're going to sing that song. Oh, he's going to do a new thing. He's going to do a new thing in you, you know, but like, how can he do something new if you're holding on to the old and you're not even willing to be open to the new. Right. And so, so those are, so that becomes cycles. That becomes cycles and you cannot move into what God has for you uh, unless you are willing to change and see something new and see something fresh. I want to give a shout out to Pastor Jenna Bean. Uh, she said, if the pain is not dealt with, you begin to bleed all over the place. That is so true. Whew, that's a mouthful. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a mouth. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I people who people who are bleeding out all over the place, in my experience, have no idea what they look like to other people. And I know that I have been guilty of this too. You come out of a painful experience and you we're so sophisticated. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So we come up with this narrative, right? And we, you know, we're 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 talking about our past, but we're we're speaking of, you know, an empowered self, even though we're still dealing with the, we're still working through the issues, but I dare not say that I'm in a I'm in the valley working through it. No, no, no. I'm from, I'm at the mountaintop and I, I'm just working through it because God is still faithful and all of these things. And we put on this show as if people do not have two eyes and two ears and a brain between them. Like we can tell that you are hurt. We right. can tell that you are damaged and we can tell that you are not healed. Right. And it is okay to take the time that you need to get the healing that you need because nobody is being fooled. Right. And let, and let me say this, because I think sometimes people act that way because for a long time, we haven't allowed people to be hurt. We haven't allowed people to bleed. We haven't allowed, like we see it, but we're like, you better clean that up because you got work to do. You know, you don't have time to bleed. You don't have time for all of these things. And it wasn't until, um, until I went through a season in my life where I was so hurt. Like everything that you're saying, I've, I've experienced. Like I was so sure that God had this for me. I was so sure. Like I put all of my eggs in that basket. I put all, and I, I wasn't even open to hear another word. I was just like, I just know it. I know it. I'm good. It didn't matter what you said or whatever. And like, I didn't look at the signs that this thing is unraveling. I didn't look at any of the things, you know what I mean? 
And I'm like, because I know that's just the devil trying to stop you. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't want me to be great and all this kind of stuff, you know, and like I'm leveling up and all of these things. And people were some people that were spiritual were like, Jonathan, I don't know about this or whatever. And I'm like, but I do. And I know. And I heard the word of the Lord and I heard confirmation and all this kind of stuff. And when I tell you that thing, the bottom fell out of that thing. Yeah. I was mad at everybody. I was mad at the state that it happened in. I was <laughs> mad at God. I was mad at my parents. I was mad at anyone trying to give me good advice and comfort me. I was mad at the world. I was I was mad at at everything. I was mad at the sports team that played in that state. Like I was just I was bleeding out and I was like I am done. And I like, I began to pursue relationships. Like y'all like Pastor Jay, Pastor Jay, like if y'all saw the ratchetness that was going on in that season of my life, oh my God. And I'm like, what in the world? Like I look back on it and I'm like, what in the world? And it wasn't until like, huh, I could tell y'all stories. I'm not going to tell it tonight, but I'm telling you like, like I was still preaching, I was still ministering. And I was like, I was crazy guys. I was absolutely crazy, but watch this. I was so mad at God, I gave God choice words. I was like, like I got so arrogant and so angry that like God, like you did this to me. And I like, like I'm directing God, but like in all of that, he still loved me. And all of that, he covered me. And all of that, it was like, he was like, Jonathan, I can handle your anger. I can handle your disappointment. I can handle like, like he really has been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And like, I remember after coming through that, like I began to have a compassion for people that I did not have before because I was judging people on their actions. And I'd never considered like the things that they went through. I never considered uh, their trust being broken. I never considered that. I was just like, this is what the Bible says and you need to be this and you need to be that. When I'm telling you, when I came through that thing, it's like the Lord can handle where you are. God can handle and God's people that have gone through some of these things can handle, like if you're bleeding, come on. That's the truth, like, like, I don't care. I don't truth. care what you've been through. I don't care. Like, come, like, let me hug on you. Let me love on you because this too will pass. That's There's right. some things you might have to walk through. There's some consequences you might have to, have to stand through or what have you, but the Lord still believes in you. Absolutely. Even in your mess. Do I have a witness anywhere that's watching this thing? Absolutely. I'm going to say this. Shout out to uh, Kenji Bean, who's watching. He says this. He says, uh, Jesus came to heal the broken, not to hide it. Yes. And I, I love that. I Absolutely. love that. And if we as believers can harness that attitude and we can harness that behavior and that response, we will be so much better off so much better off because we already don't even know how to deal with our brokenness as the person that's broken. So to be in a community that has been there and knows how to recover. Right. 
if when we know how to recover, we can help other people recover. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, sometimes, sometimes guys, like the things that you have had to walk through, the things that you have gone through, like the Lord is going to use all of it. Yeah. He will redeem that time. He will redeem those things. There's, there's things sometimes that we are, mm, I feel this so strong. There's, there's times where we are embarrassed by the things we've gotten caught up in. Sometimes we're embarrassed by what we think was a waste of time. We're embarrassed that, man, I should have been smarter than that. And I should have been, I should have, I saw the red flags, but I still ran there anyway. Like sometimes we are embarrassed. And um, it's so interesting because like God, I'm telling you, like he will use all of those things and some of those things you're walking through because there's people that you're going to meet uh, six months from now, three months from now, six weeks from now that are going through their embarrassment. They're going through their, their being in the trap house. They're, they're being trapped and, and not understanding and wanting to give up and, and being angry and be like, you think I was bad now? You're talking about me now? I'm going to give you something to talk about. And really, like, we think they're being arrogant, but really they're just hurt. Right. And so even in that, like we have to be able to be there and and you've been there to say, listen, once you come off of this, I'm going to be right here, ready to hold you, ready to heal you, ready to walk with you. Sometimes I don't know what to say, but I'm just going to stand with you like I got you. Sometimes you're in you're in a relationship that we both know ain't right. Sometimes we're in a relationship that like we we're doing things that we never that we said we would never do. Right. And the enemy does not fight fair, but I'm telling you that God can handle your frustration. God can handle your anger. God can handle your disappointment. God can handle your disobedience. Listen to me. God can handle your rebellion. God can handle you switching sides for a second. Like God can handle all of these things and you do not have to be embarrassed. You just have to be honest because once truth. you're honest, like the enemy will kill you in secrecy. Like once you're honest and be like, listen, I'm not feeling this. I'm mad. I'm upset. God's like, I already know, but it's all good. Like get it out. Let's talk it through or what have you. So now I can begin to heal you and begin to show you like you've been fighting for this, but God's been trying to give you this, right? Yeah. And so um, I just want to encourage you, many of you that are watching right now, you, you have a call of God on your life. Some of you have to walk through things. And it's also like, I see some leaders on here as well. And sometimes as leaders, you don't have the luxury of, of working your stuff out behind closed doors, right? You still got to be on. You still got to mount the pulpit. You still got to pray for others when you're broken. You still got to patch up other people that are bleeding while you're bleeding out. Like all of these things, like people don't understand. They think that you're Superman or Superwoman or what have you. And I'm telling you that even in that, the Lord, the Lord is saying, listen, there's some people that there's some things that are pulling your strings that I want to sever. I'm the only one that should have control over the strings in your life. And sometimes we have to assess and, and, and we're, mm, we're longing. Sometimes we keep those strings, 
because that's our only connection to the thing that we're, we're longing for. And we think that the thing that we're longing for has to come through that person and come, come through this way, right? But God's saying, listen, I have what you need and what you desire. And I'm able to bring even that relationship and reconcile it in a way where you don't have to prostitute yourself. You don't have to be anyone's doormat. You don't have to uh, um, demean yourself uh, for the sake of connection, for the sake of a touch, whether it's toxic or not, right? Yeah. And so God is, is saying, don't allow anyone else to pull your strings. Only allow me to pull them and I will bring everything uh, around to its healthy place. That's the truth. You know that when the Lord is pulling your strings, he's always going to make sure that you have dignity. He's right. never going to put you in that space where you have to sacrifice your dignity. You have to sacrifice, you know what I mean? Like you have to be less than human to be loved or less than human to be understood, less than human to be um, embraced or anything like that. And so that is one of the things that I really love about the restoration process of the Lord. And even like when the, um, the Bible talks about the prodigal son, like he was out about to eat pig food and he was like wait a minute if i come back to my dad at least i know you know i can get a job at, and i can work and all these things but the bible says the dad brought him in and restored him back to his place and was like i'm not gonna bring you back less than you're my son you've always been my son and you just made a bad choice and i think sometimes even as we're going through the restoration process in our own faith walk we yeah. think that when jesus restores us that we have to come back as less than Right. Like we have to be lower than, we have to sacrifice our dignity. We have to sacrifice our voice. We have to sacrifice even our space. We get smaller because we feel like we don't deserve to be our size. Right. And it's just not the truth. That's the truth. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes it's like, man, you keep a, when you, when you don't stop, and, and allow God to speak to you. Uh, Pastor Jenna said, let grace take the place of disgrace, right? Sometimes you just gotta, sometimes you gotta stop so you can breathe. Some of y'all need to just take a nap and rest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yep. I'm telling you, um, we, we keep adjusting to the things in the room. And like you said, we keep giving a piece of ourselves away, thinking that if we appease folks, it'll get better. If we give ourselves away, it's going to turn around. And the Lord's like, run to me because what's in you, the bigness of who you are next to me or included with me is going to fix this whole thing. Like you don't have to play small for nobody. That's the truth. I'm going to say that one more time. You don't have to play small for anybody. Yes. You do not have to play small for anyone. You can still honor someone and be the big, uh, be what God has called you to be in its fullness. You can still serve and you can still bless people and not have to hide who you really are. You don't have to hide your vision and hide your dream and hide your greatness. 
but it takes us being able to, to stop for a little bit and, and begin to see. There's some things like with Candace and I, we're going to begin to, uh, at some point, I think we're going to do love with the lambs or whatever and talk about relationships and marriage and, and things like that. But I'm telling you, like, we've been married for seven years and like, it's a journey. And there's some things that we just got into a space that we can talk about. To talk about. Just to talk about. Not even. Right? <laughs> Because we weren't ready in year one, year two, year three, year four, you know, and there's things that we were operating because people were pulling people that weren't even around us anymore. were still pulling our strings because the pain of whatever happened or the environments that we came out of or what have you were so significant that the residue of it was still there. And there's times where Candace was like, listen, you don't have to live that way. I don't see you that way. I don't, but like there was things that she was saying that seemed similar to a season that I came out of. And I was like, girl, you don't want me to be great. You better back up. You better, you trying to control. And, and like, there was things that I was saying to her that were similar to things that she came out of. And like, we finally got to the place where we were like, hold up, like God brought us together. God, like, we're not intimidated by one another. We want to see each other be great. We want to see each other go forward. Like, your success is my success. My success is your success. But, like, we had to get to a place where, like, we could talk about it without the pain overwhelming us. And so now, when we talk about it, we realize, like, you're saying this because you love me. You're saying this because you do want me to, like you don't have an ulterior motive. If you've been in a relationship where folks always had an ulterior motive, you're always on guard. Always. So you can't just answer the question because you know that they're setting you up for something, right? And so you get to a place where you're able now to be able to say, listen, you, I believe in you, you believe in me. Like, what do you see? I know it's going to hurt a little bit, but tell me what you see so that we can get this part fixed and we can grow and be what God's called us to do. Like, I just need God to pull these strings. That's I'm right. tired of my past. I don't know about you. Hit the heart button. If you're tired of your past, pulling your strings. If you're tired of that ratchet relationship, pulling those strings. If you're tired of, of your own thoughts, your own thoughts pulling strings that you know are pulling you in a direction you shouldn't go into. And so tonight, I'm telling you, tonight is a night where, I'm not saying that like this conversation is going to heal everything, but what I am saying is that like I want you to take even these next seven days before we get to the next next Monday, I want you to take some time to get quiet and, and to begin to hear God and begin to look back and say, what are those things? What is the baggage that I keep pulling? What's the baggage I keep pulling? I remember I was like, man, I just need to get out of this city. So I went to another city and the same stuff was showing up. And I was like, man, these folks are crazy too. And then I went to another town and the same stuff was showing up. I went to another country and it was showing up. And I'm like, man, folks are crazy everywhere. And then finally it dawned on me like, wait a minute. I'm the common denominator <laughs> in every move. And I'm like, okay, God, change me. Yeah, I'll, I'll even say too, there have been times in my life where I have made a vow based off of a pain that I felt and then time has passed and I didn't 
remember the pain and I didn't even remember the situation that caused me to make this vow, but like I was on autopilot and I just kept on doing the same thing all the time. And, and I was making decisions based off of this vow that it wasn't even like, it wasn't even relevant anymore, but it's just the way that I had always responded. And so when I got quiet and I, and I asked the Lord, like, Lord, why, why am I getting to this place in my life? And I feel like I can't, I can't break out of it. I can't go to the next place. I can't grow to the next place. Like I want to, I see it in my mind. I see it in my dreams, but I can't get there because I feel like I'm circling. I'm in this holding pattern. What is it that's keeping me that's keeping me tied down. And the Lord brought that thing back to my remembrance. And I was like, what in the world? Like, I don't even remember that. Like, that's not even a big deal to me anymore. But then it was, and it was so strong that I made a vow that I kept for years afterwards. Right. And it was impacting everything. And I didn't even realize it. Right. And it's so funny because sometimes We've been talking a lot about relationships and, and, and people and things like that. But sometimes the things that are happening there are beginning to affect our money. It's beginning to affect our, our, our sanity. Like it's beginning to affect other things other than just ro- uh, ro- um, relationships. So I, remember, I remember right before Candace and I um, got together, I was in Bermuda. And um, I had just gotten out of this uh, relationship or what have you. And I remember um, sitting in my apartment and I was just, I got quiet guys. And it was like, I remember the Lord just directed me. I started like deleting like folks out of my phone that I did not need. I started deleting folks off of my um my friends list that weren't friends that were unhealthy, like all of these things. And I remember sitting there one Saturday and um, the Lord was like, shut everything off. And he, he whispered one phrase to me and it broke me. And he says, you are enough. And when he said that, it took me back to my childhood. It took me back to some places where I don't know when it happened or how it happened, but I never felt like I was enough. And so all of that trying to please people, all of that trying to not make sure people weren't mad, all that trying to to make sure everyone's good or whatever was out of this place that I didn't even realize that I didn't think I was enough. I thought that I had to make people happy to to be enough. Right. And all of these things. And I remember being face down in my kitchen. And I'm telling you, the power of God came into that house and began to just pull layers off of me from from years of feeling insecure, from years of feeling like I wasn't enough, of years feeling like I can love you better than I than than I needed to be loved. Right. And so I wouldn't even expect people to love me because I felt like. I can love, I can love for the both of us, right? And not thinking I deserved it, not thinking I deserved to be happy, not thinking that I deserved to be hurt, not thinking I deserved to be so like I would rock for people, I would do things for people, I would uh, stay up late for people, like all of those things because I got my value and people being happy, but I wasn't happy. 
and not just happy, like I didn't have joy, right? Because I was running after something that I already had that I did not know I had. And it was in that moment where God, where God was like, you are enough. And I'm saying that to some of you all out there, like you are enough. Like God has placed greatness in you. He's placed himself in you. You are enough. And you, but until you stop, until you look back and realize, because people have treated you like you're not enough. Some people have told you you're not enough. Some people have uh, broken your trust, which communicated you weren't enough. Some, some of you have been in relationships where the person had other side pieces uh, because you felt like, or they felt like you weren't enough. And I'm telling you, you are enough. And what God is going to do in you, you do not have to, uh, again, you don't have to be something else or you don't have to uh, grab something else or what have you. Just let God develop what he's already placed in you because you have everything that you need for the assignment and for the purpose of which he has not just called you, but in which he has birthed you. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, I think we're there. I think we're there. Yeah. Um, you guys, it's been a really great show. <laughs> I feel like we need to end this show with prayer. Yeah. Um, I know we don't normally do that, but I do feel like we definitely need to. So um, let's do that. And then we're going to call it a night. Absolutely. Father God, we thank you for, oh man, for creating us. Your word says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And I thank you, God, for everyone that's watching right now. I thank you, God, that they are enough. Yes. I thank you, Lord God, that you died for them because they were enough. You didn't need them to be anything else. You did not need us to, to change. You didn't need us to, to, uh, to do a dance or any of those things. You said we are enough for you to send your best gift. And so, God, I pray for those that are on their journey. I pray for those that are starting their journey. I pray for those that are, that are in the middle of their journey. I pray for those that are, are coming to the end of their journey or what have you. God, I thank you that you have called them. You have chosen them. Lord God, you have put your stamp of approval on them before they have gotten it all the way right before we have gotten it all the way right. You're still molding us and making us, God. I thank you now for, for those that are in the midst of wrestling with their own identity. I thank you for those that are wrestling uh, with relationships, whether they're romantic or platonic or just friendships, Lord God. They're, some are at a crossroads and not knowing whether to go right or to go left. But God, I thank you that even this week that you would make yourself known, break into their world, break into their mind, break in, Lord God, that they can hear you clearly. Lord God, that they can hear from your own mouth, Lord God, how you feel about them. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for divine connections this week. I thank you for divine alliances this week. I speak healing over every broken emotion in the name of Jesus. I speak healing over every broken spirit 
in the name of Jesus. God, I speak healing, Lord God, over those that are battling depression and are battling despair. God, I command the spirit of heaviness to be lifted in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I come against, Lord God, words that have been spoken over their lives that have been camouflaged, Lord God, like they were your words, but they weren't your words, Lord God. I declare that everything you have spoken over their lives shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, everyone that has uh, been manipulated, Lord God, or people that have spoken negative or spoken things to manipulate and to, uh, to control, Lord God, I break the power of it now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, hallelujah, that you are moving on their behalf. I thank you that even in the next month or so, God, that there would be such a significant shift in their mind. There'll be such a significant shift in their ability to hear you. There'll be such a significant shift, Lord God, in, in their healing process, Lord God, that it'll be like night and day. God, I thank you that you catapult them into their purpose, into a place of joy, into a place of peace, into a place of rest, into a place of refreshing, in the name of Jesus, I come against suicidal thoughts. I come against self-harm in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing and getting ready to do in their lives. And God will give you honor, will give you glory, will give you praise for it all belongs to you. In Jesus' name, I pray for every leader that's been suffering in silence. God, I thank you for them finding a safe place and finding a place of healing, Lord God, finding a place where they can get quiet and get new wine and new wine skins in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you have blessed us and not cursed us. You've made us the head and never the tail, and you always cause us to triumph. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, you guys, we will be here same channel <laughs> next week, Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 o'clock Atlantic Time. If you haven't yet, go to our Rain Life page and like the page, subscribe to our page so you don't miss the show or any other content that we put out. Help us reach our goal. We're trying to get to a thousand followers. Um, so, and we're coming to Bermuda. I'll be yeah, there. And we're coming okay. to Bermuda. Yeah, Candace is already there, but I'm coming on Thursday. And um, if you're in the area, if you don't have a church home or you, your pastor will allow you to come on out, come and, and check us out at Evening Light. I'll be preaching there Sunday. And then the following week on Friday, April 5th, uh, we're going to have a worship night. And so I'm telling you, like we had this conversation tonight, but I'm telling you, if you just need to get quiet, if you need to get into a place, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And so we're going to create an atmosphere where you're going to be able to hear God. He's going to be able to lift some things off. Um, it's going to be a community of believers that are just going after God. We're checking our titles at the door and we are just going to get along with God. Come ready to worship, bring a notebook um, so that you can 
you know, as we're worshiping, the Lord starts speaking, right? And so you can write down some things that he's saying to you. Uh, if you don't have a notebook, get a notebook, keep it by your nightstand or whatever, because the Lord's going to be to speak to some of you and give you instructions and things like that. And so come rock with us, come hang out with us. I think we're planning a game night or whatever. We have some issues with the venue, uh, but we're just going to hang out and do some meetups and um, the best is yet to come. All right. We love you and we will see you later. Have a good night. If you enjoyed this, uh, this conversation tonight, come on, give us some hearts or whatever. Uh, we love you guys. And share this, share yeah. this. If you have friends who you feel like this pertains to, and sometimes we don't always know the words to say, we don't always, we're not always able to articulate everything that we talked about tonight. Girl, sir, take this video, share this video yeah. with them. Like sometimes I think we we get into our own head, even about evangelism and being able to, to share good news with people because we don't always know what to say. Right. Share this video with your friends who are in dark places and they need to be encouraged on how to come out. Right. Me, I will, I'm telling you, this is evangelism too. Share, 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 and share. Absolutely. And you guys can always hit us up direct message us. I know that someone has already, you know, they're reaching out or whatever. And like, we're here, you know what I mean? Like, this is not, we're just not doing a show, but we are, we are here to pray for you guys. If you have prayer requests throughout the week or, or what have you, um, we're, we're looking at doing some other things where we can all kind of get together and have a conversation or what have you. Thank God for technology. And so we are, we are here. We are, our goal is to help all of us reign in life. You survived, you've made it, you survived it, thank God. But now it's time to have dominion over it and to reign in life. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share with a friend. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact us at lifewiththelambs at gmail.com.